right, we got a lot to catch up on in the top five stories of the day, Josh. Final hour, Newcastle Casino. I was telling Casey and TJ, I, I did coming out here. I really, truly do. It's um, now I will say, I, I took like the most ridiculous route to get here for some reason. I came through because I dropped the kids off in Washington, so I came through cold for some reason to get here. So I had like ten minutes to my trip. But it's scenic. It's nice. I love Newcastle. It's a growing community. So uh, they've got their thing. They've got their sweetheart promotion that's still going on. Throwback to Guys Night every Thursday, four to ten p.m. $5,000 up for grab. They've got the North Bar that's open up. And right here where we are, out in front of Front Row Sports Bar, come check us out. Uh, anything lingering loose ends you want to tie up before we hit the top five stories of the day? I don't know that there are. All right, let's get after it. we got a lot to get to in number five, so let's go. Top five stories today brought to you by the place we are, Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastlecasino.com. Check out all the deals, everything they have. We just were bragging about the front row sports bar. There is uh, the OTB, which I think the first race starts at 11.15 this morning. Not like I was checking it out or anything. Cool place. Uh, come hang, NewcastleCasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. Seismic, earth-shattering. These are the types of adjectives that have been used by Dennis Dodd and others who cover college football to try to lay out what they think could happen today during the meetings between the college football playoff. Uh, I can't say not the, the committee members but the college football playoff group. And I don't, you know, we spent a little bit of time on it in the first segment with David. It got uh, a little bit more into the, like, where the Pac-12 is. But I'm just going to, oh, college football playoff management committee. Sorry, I knew there was a fancier term. The 10 FBS commissioners and the Notre Dame 80 are not expected to come to any resolution on a single issue today. But. It's being described as a meeting, Josh, where everybody will put their cards on the table. It will also be the first meeting where the Big Ten and the SEC will, quote-unquote, stake their claim to the future of the sport by kind of showing their hand on what this advisory group is going to look like. And we're unknown about what that stance is that the Big Ten and the SEC is going to take. Now, you had brought up earlier how you felt like whenever I had mentioned each league might look for two automatic bids, how that seemed to be almost kind, right? Because of how. Yeah, I think so. Right. Well, Ross Dellinger, Ross Dellinger reported last night that he's heard as many as four automatic qualifiers for a single conference has been floated that sounds a little bit more uh, that that sounds like something that makes a little bit more sense yeah watching and also brett mcmurphy brett mcmurphy re-upped it he said in the new 12 team playoff four automatic qualifiers from one conference was proposed if so 
it wouldn't just be it wouldn't be just one. So both the SEC and the Big Ten would each get four auto bids, leaving only four bids for the remaining seven conferences are Notre Dame. At that point, I mean, wouldn't you just think that the SEC and the Big Ten, Josh, should uh, should just start its own playoffs in twenty twenty six? Not necessarily. If uh, if you get to the point to where you expand to 16, well, now you've got half the field. And mm-hmm. and then if you get one of the other at-larges, you get one of the other at-larges. And what? You've got the, the Big 12 would punch a ticket, the ACC would punch a ticket, and one other conference champion would punch a ticket. So that's, that's 11 right there. Uh, it, it, assuming that eight of the 12 – automatically qualify out of the Big Ten and SEC. It leaves four other bids, and we know there's three other champions that have seats at the table and one final at-large. Mm. I don't I don't know if that's what Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti are asking for. That's – I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it seems to me to be the most extravagant story is the one that we end up going with. I'm guilty of this, right? I'm very guilty of this. But I would, I would say, Josh Helmer, that would kind of be on. That would kind of be on the level of what you would expect them to ask for, right? Sure. But here's the deal: probably more seasons than not, that would be how it would play out, anyways. It, right. For the Big Ten and the SEC, it just guarantees that they would get that because what they're going to come to the table and argue for is, well, our league is stronger than yours, right? and there's more losses that are built in for our teams, and so therefore we we should have four that automatically qualify regardless of, uh, you know, they've got three losses or four losses. They should get in because, well, they played a tougher schedule than your teams have. And I, I, I think it needs to be also added. We, we played the cut that I had from Heather Dinich yesterday. The 5 plus 7 model, the 12 team model, is only the next two years. Confirmed. Now, I could go beyond that. But, Josh, Tony Petiti has been very open about wanting to see expansion beyond 12. Now, I don't, I don't know if there is if there's going to be more of an appetite to expand, and if there is, then how much more of that piece of the pie would maybe the Big Ten or the SEC want? I, I, I don't know. But there's also going to be revenue distributions that will be talked about. There's going to be governance. Who's going to be in charge of it? It's a fascinating day. And I'm sure we're going to see reports leak out throughout the afternoon. In fact, I have an updated Ross Dellinger's feed yet. Now, nothing new this morning. But I would imagine by, what would you think, Josh? Maybe during a Tyler and Teddy show this afternoon, we might have some sort of a understanding about where we are and where we could be headed. At least some type of update, Okay, you would think, yeah. right? Now, on uh, yesterday's Paul Feinbaum show, yes, I'm playing a cut from Paul Feinbaum, Andrew Marshan joined the program to give a little perspective on where he feels like college football in general stands in the sports media landscape because you have an NBA deal coming up, right? Major League Baseball has big TV rights everywhere. Where does college football stand in that landscape? 
Wait for it. Maybe. Checking order after the NFL. Yeah, I'd say it's probably two. Um, you know, you could argue the NBA as well. Um, but the makeup of football, you know, the NFL and college football, it's, it's great for television. Um, you see the numbers that they put up. You know, college doesn't put up the same um, ratings as the NFL. Nothing does. Uh, but you can make a good argument that college football is the second biggest sports entertainment um, for TV and streaming uh, that there is uh, in our country. Um, you know, NBA, again, can make an argument. MLB, on a regional basis, has a strong argument in terms of its overall power as a sport. Uh, but, but I probably would go, in terms of TV, uh, you'd have to go NFL and then probably college football. How about that? College football number two. Tell us something we already knew, Andrew Marchant. Anything else you want to add on the playoff meeting today, the uh, management council getting together and, gosh, there's an analogy, but basically let's just say they're throwing it out on the table is the SEC and the Big Ten to let everyone else know what they expect or what they want, and we'll see how everyone falls in line. But anything else that kind of caught your eye in leading up to this? No, it's uh, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, we, we did get a good text from Sean on the subject that I think we can we can read. Uh, I don't know, may, maybe next uh, next portion of this hour. You got it. All right, big story number four. Number four. Oh. All right, college basketball last night. We had upset city, kind of. Creighton beat up on UConn, eighty-five to sixty-six. Now I say upset city, kind of, because. Creighton is the uh, 15th-ranked team in the country. Yeah, they're good offensively, really good. But it was the first ever win for Creighton over a number-one-ranked team. Uh, BYU upset Baylor last night, 78-71. Sticking in the Big 12, Texas Tech with a big comeback win at home over TCU, 82-81. That was a fun finish. I wouldn't necessarily say it was the purdiest game I've ever seen, but it sure was a fun finish. Also in the Big 12 last night, West Virginia beat UCF 77-67. That loss to UCF gets more and more painful for Oklahoma. Oklahoma State's on the road tonight at Cincinnati. Tip time is set for 6 p.m. Big story number three. Number three. Do you know what time it is in the National Football League, Josh? It is rumor-mongering time. It is bad information time. It is what do you believe what do you not believe? Kind of like with all of the college football playoff meetings and things of that nature. Um, the odds for the top pick have been affected by what some are saying is Josh, who's Josh Fields, Justin Fields' recent Instagram activity. On Monday, fans noticed that Fields no longer followed the Bears' official account, but he also started following the Atlanta Falcons. And players Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson. <laughs> so Atlanta's odds to get Justin Fields surged from plus twenty plus two seventy five to plus one fifty. They still the best odds to land Justin Fields are still the Steelers in minus one twenty. But Falcons plus one fifty, Bears plus three fifty. Patriots plus 600. They're still the gambling favorite. Is this really where we are in the sports world now? It appears so. Josh? Okay. It, it appears so. And uh, obviously, Fields is telling us 
I think, right where he would like to go, if nothing else. I will add, um, somebody who apparently stalks the Instagram feed of Justin Fields much more than I do claimed last night on the Twitter machine that he never followed the Bears and that this is something that people are just now finding out. How do you not follow the team that you play I, for? I, exactly. I don't think – I don't know. I, I don't know, Josh. It's a good question. Good question. All right, um, big story number two. Number two. How about that win last night for the OU women's basketball team? They go on the road and take care of Cincinnati. Now, in fairness, Cincinnati, it's been a bit of a struggle this year for the Cincinnati Bearcats. But what do you do whenever you play a team that's struggling? You beat them. The win improved the Sooners to 13-2 in Big 12 play, and they've clinched a top-four seed for the Big 12 championship, which guarantees a double bye for OU in Kansas City. The Sooners last night in the win over Cincinnati had, what was that, 95-87 was the final score. 29 assists, the second most for an OU team in the Big 12 era. The Sooners are back in action at home against Oklahoma State on Saturday at 1 p.m. OU knocked off OSU in Stillwater on February 3rd. Good notes there from Josh Petit. Thank you, Josh. Good night from, uh, who was it, Lexi Keys. Boy, when she's hot, she's hard to stop. She finished with 17 points, 4 of 5 from the field, 22 from Skylar Van, 17 from Sahara Williams. They're pretty good, Josh. They're pretty, pretty good. Nice bounce back, uh, obviously. To see the nine-game winning streak come to a close at uh, West Virginia was disappointing, but to get, get back after it and uh, get right back into the win column with what's at stake in terms of the conference race, huge win. Gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. We'll hear from Ginny Baranchek coming up after the bottom of the hour. Uh, a tough one last night for the Oklahoma Sooner baseball team as they fall on the road to DBU. Here is Skip Johnson post. Join with Skip Johnson down here on the field. Uh, Skip, battle tonight, right? Get momentum, you lose some momentum. What were your thoughts on this one? You didn't play good catch. I mean, you don't play good catch. It says we had one error on the board. I think we had four. And I don't know I don't know what the deal is with that, but uh, uh, <laughs> you don't play good catch, you don't, you're don't. you going to give up runs. Seemed like that pivotal moment there in the seventh. seventh. Talk us through us a little bit. with the Yeah, we didn't get our outs on time. I mean, we get in there, and we're trying to make the switch, and uh, uh, Ghosty came in. He didn't throw strikes. We walk, we walk to uh, get a leadoff out, walk the guy, then walk another guy, and then we have a we have a chance to make a play. We know that we let the chopper go over his head because he's out because he's a runner, and uh, didn't happen. And hit our best pitch out, and so you can't look back at it. Offensively, I mean, swung the bat pretty well. You had 12 hits. Yeah, I thought we never gave up. I thought we got after it a little bit. So that's a really good sign. All right, thanks, Skip. Thank you. We- Tough one, 11 to seven. The Sooners lose, but again. Sometimes I think people will view, like, diamond sports, baseball, and softball as the same thing. And I, at some point, this winning streak is going to end for softball, too. I mean, it, it it's not going to last forever. And I hate to see what the reaction is going to be when they lose that one game. But 
that that's a frustrating loss because Oklahoma battled back to tie it at what seven, and then you know DBU kind of took advantage of some mistakes. Josh, you're around him a lot. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not panicking with this team at all. DBU's been a tough out for him, and just go take care of business at home this weekend and get back on track. Still still off to a great start with uh, winning two of the three this weekend down in uh, Dallas. Off to a good start. Need to obviously come back and play well versus Wright State uh, with the four-gamer this weekend. Frustrating, you know, offensively, nice battle back in the sixth and the seventh there to, to get level. But then, you know, as Coach talked about, couple of defensive things that you, you didn't like in the seventh. You give up the crooked number, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you make a mistake, and they make you pay for it with a, a grand slam. So disappointing. They, they gave themselves a chance to rally back from another four-run deficit. Couldn't quite pay it off, but uh, just uh, got to move on, and hopefully this weekend goes well. All right. When we come back, let's hit the text. And I got some scraps, some stories that we weren't able to get to, but we'll dive into them next right here on The Ref. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. All right, a couple of things we uh, we didn't get into. I haven't had the in the top five stories of the day. It's been a, a glorious day, Josh. I haven't had the get up or the first takes on here at uh, Newcastle Casino. But I'm sure there's been quite a debate screaming and yelling over the Jordan Schultz re- report that Dak Prescott will be seeking an annual salary of $60 million in his next contract. Do, what, what's Mahomes' deal? Let, let me see what Patrick Mahomes' deal Do you know it off the top of your head? No, I, I, I don't know what his right, annual, uh, his average annual value is. No, it was like, it was like it, 12 right. years, 500, though, wasn't it? Um. Ten years, four hundred and fifty million. So, I, I I always look at this. I always I always look at it by cap hit. So even Patrick Mahomes, who at last check, Josh, I won back to back Super Bowls, right? Indeed. Even he he not even he not even looking at that kind of impact to hurt his team and he's gonna he's looking to restructure to try and sign he's guys constantly restructuring like, like okay here's finally okay yearly cash for patrick mahomes in 24 45.7 mil in 25 50 mil in 26 56 mil and in 27 52 and it, and it dwindles from there on out but he's he's smart enough to know i have plenty of money I got to be smart. Now, it's still a lot of money. I got to be smart because you want to make sure you have a team around you. Get your money. But that just to me, that just to me, Josh, that's dumb. If someone, you, you, your worth is what anyone wants to pay you. And if somebody wants to pay you $60 million a year, let them do it. But to even, even let that get out there, and I, Jordan Schultz, like I said, I think he's batting about like a, a buck fifty. I think every so often he's got a base hit, and he's pretty good with the random free agents that sign a deal in season that you've never heard of before. So like, congratulations to my boy Carter Strickland, who just signed a free agent deal with the Seahawks. It's like who? But I mean, 
I know how Dallas Cowboy fans feel about Dak Prescott, uh, Dak Prescott, but this this isn't something that's going to endear him to anyone. There's not a single Cowboy fan out there or any, unless your quarterback's Patrick Mahomes, you're like, yeah, man, pay him $60 million, whatever he wants, right? You don't do that. Yeah, it just uh, is not going to be well-received by Cowboy fans after, again, failing in the playoffs. Until you win in the playoffs and win big in the playoffs, asking for what your, well, the guys that really aren't your peers in Patrick Mahomes, asking for what equal to or more than what they get paid will not be well-received. Don't forget, we had Patty Gasso, we had JT Gasso, we had um, Maggie Nichols on the show today. If you missed any of that, it was in a very powerful first hour of the program. You can find it on our podcast page at kref.com or simply search kref or the ref, however you consume podcasts. I didn't really have anything else that was kind of on the cusp of the top five stories today, Josh. It was, you know, the NBA gets back tomorrow night. It was just kind of a... It was kind of a slow sports day yesterday. Now, there's a bunch of stuff, you know, potentially going on, but I felt like yesterday became more hot takey, more here's a headline for you. Stephen A. Smith wonders if Notre Dame's even relevant. You're like, what does that have to do with anything right now? It was just kind of a slow sports day, unless you live in a market like Norman, Oklahoma, where we're crazy about this college football story. You got the greatest softball team maybe in the history of ever. Baseball played last night in women's hoops. It's just it was a slow sports night. Yeah, we we will be excited to get the NBA back tomorrow, right? I can't just believe I said that. It. Uh, I liked what you said yesterday. I don't realize I miss it until well, we miss it. To the phones we go. The Riverwind Casino jackpot line four zero five three two nine nine thousand. Can't think of a better way to start heading down the home stretch of the program than by saying what's up to our man USC Brian. What's going on, Brian? How are you? You know it's always good in the neighborhood. And, you know, I'm just so very tired of the disrespect. Everybody wants to say something about either me or USC. It never ceases to amaze me that my ears start burning every time y'all want to try to do this. And, and, and the only thing I can figure on is the hurt from Lincoln Riley leaving is still there. You know, y'all need to get some counseling. You really do. It's it's sad. It really is. But the first thing I got to dissuade is why would somebody say that USC doesn't travel? Are you kidding me? Please. USC travels when there's an important game. And now since we're in the Big Ten, almost every game is going to be an important game. So you will see them travel. Trust me on that. The second thing is, you know, I, I, it kills me how some of these quote-unquote OU fans are always going to say, why didn't, why didn't USC Brian talk about USC anymore? The reason why I don't talk about them is uh, football season is over. Basketball season is okay. I'm, I, I pay attention more to the women than the men, but that's okay too because I can pick who I want to pick to root for you know but if y'all still got a problem with that you know i ain't a hard man to find okay but like the biggest reason i called you is because you know all this thing about this 12 team playoff and everything else going on 
you know, I think what they need to do, everybody's still upset about the NILs and everything else. What they really need to do is just go ahead and make, use the UFL as their uh, farm teams for the, for, for the NFL and then give kids a choice. Either you want, if you want to come right out of high school and go play for the UFL, you can. If you want to go to college, that's fine too, but you only get maybe two times you can go into the transfer portal and then you're done. You can't do it anymore. And as far as these people talking about the NIL, I can, I can name several, several coaches right now that are on the hot seat. One of them in particular is that little old boy from uh, uh, Stillwater. He needed to be on the, he needed to be on a hot seat 20 years ago, but that's another story for another day. But the biggest thing, reason why I think he'll be on the hot seat He's got two years to make it into the into these twelve team playoffs. If he don't make it, then he need to be shipped out. I'm sorry. You know, people just get it twisted about how, you know, the the regular season. If you have a good regular season, it doesn't. You know, then you've had a championship season. No, you don't. Your main objective is to get into the playoffs. If you can't get into the playoffs, what you know that's. You're wasting our people's time. You're wasting people's money. So why? But I just really don't understand people. I really don't. Oh, shout out to uh, Beyonce for having the, for the first time, a black woman having the number one country song in America. I, I got to give, and, and that would be nice because it's on uh, Black History Month. But also, watch out for your Dodgers. They play Thursday in South Korea and Glasnow. And uh, Yamamoto are going to be the two. They've got a two teams, uh, two play, two game series, and they're going to be switching off which one is going to start first. But uh, the biggest thing I got to say today is Aloha means goodbye, and me like USC, y'all got to realize I'm better than you, and you damn sure know it. Okay. <laughs> Good night, all. See you, Brian. Brian with the heel promo. Why couldn't that have been off the top of the show, Brian? What are you doing here, man? You wait until the end. You're waiting till the end to drop that. <laughs> I. You know what? I don't know how well USC travels historically. Right, let me rephrase that. Currently, I know historically they had. Currently, it doesn't seem as if they're having that same passion they didn't have they didn't sell out their allotment for the cotton bowl last year right they're going to travel to michigan the big house maybe so if they're good i don't know but initially you i do like suspect that probably they will you would hope so you know are they traveling to iowa and to minnesota and you know you name it Uh, will they continue to travel to ohio state and michigan and Penn State, if they don't win much in those games initially? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> to the 918. Real quick before we break, get that full. He said USC travels. They don't even travel to their home football games. Tommy writes, at what point do you cut crybabies off the air? Um, <laughs> you guys should ask this guy if he sees black SUVs driving around and if he feels safe. USC fans are pathetic. (laughs) 
Oh, gosh. Uh, Mojo Eraser. FFS, Plank. We are now going to hold you accountable for putting this ass hat on the line. <laughs> oh, USC Brian. FFS? Future Farmer, sir? What? I know what it means. You don't have to text it in because then if you text it in, I'll read it. All right, we got a break. When we come back, we'll uh, there's some good texts to get to. Is the Plank Show live from Newcastle Casino right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. I like whenever USC Brian calls because the text line is like a slot machine, part USC hate, part USC Brian hate, part mad at us for letting him on. You guys know as long as you don't cuss. Or throw, like, hate speech. We're probably going to pretty much let you roll a little bit when you call. And <laughs> on on remote, the lesson that we've all learned, when you try to jump in on a caller, it becomes even more of a disaster because there's a slight delay, and mm-hmm. then you're stammering and stomping all over each other. It's just hilarious. Um, all right, so I, I was asking you this during the break. I have said many times that we went from six and six to seven and five with five guaranteed spots for the conference champions, which would be the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, and then the highest ranked like, group of five or whatever term we're going to have for those non-power four or power two conferences. But in, in the way that I've seen these reports positioned, it doesn't even say guaranteed spots for the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, or Big 12, Josh. It just says the five highest-ranked conference champions. Right. So, again, I mean, it would be a, a long shot. But if, like, the bottom falls out for a handful of teams in the Big 12 or the ACC, I mean, are we looking at a 12-team playoff where even their conference champs aren't guaranteed a spot? The- or if I, and, and, and have I kind of misunderstood this? Theoretically, yes. You, you, okay. you could have that happen. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, probably there's not a lot of different scenarios out there where the Big 12 champion, ACC champion, is not regarded as one of the top five conference champions. I, I'm not disagreeing at all. It's just I, when I saw that, I thought, huh, I kind of always thought that that access would be guaranteed, and I guess for the most part it is, but – if the bottom does fall out and you have a bad football year, which is possible for the SEC too, then we'll see. We'll see if that's a factor. One other thing we haven't talked about this week. So Alabama has settled, it looks like, on their new offensive coordinator and what everything's going to look like. And, Josh, I want to – I'm not on tomorrow – are you with this Friday or are you try? Oh, no, baseball's home this weekend, aren't they? So I think you're, you're on remote Thursday and Friday, aren't you? I am, yes. I am out and about, baby. Well, the good news is I won't be on Zoom, so we got that going for us. <laughs> it worked out pretty good. It worked out okay, yeah. So here's my question. Our, 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 here's, here's, I want to talk about Alabama at some point, right, because I think you're seeing Kalen DeBoer do something really, really smart. You're not going to replace Nick Saban. 
it's you, you're just not. And as soon as you have a season where things struggle, um, people are going to lose their minds. But I feel like I've developed some pretty good friends and contacts in Alabama over the last four to five years going on Ryan's show, uh, getting to know some of the other people that cover the team. Do you, you know what the board's doing that Nick Saban never did? He's talking to the media. He's using social media. He's taking the phone calls of beat reporters and radio guys and letting them in a little bit. And I just, I thought that was brilliant. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you've got to go get good players and win games. But even in today's world, if you treat those who cover the team like they're a part of the program or they get a little inside scoop, you get a little bit more of that kind of positive shine if things aren't going so well, right? Absolutely. You have some built-in goodwill from those that cover the, the program. They're, they're going to go to bat for you a little bit more they because are. they like you. They like you. They're going to stand up for you. And I just, you know, when they were looking for an offensive coordinator, I took phone calls from three different people wanting to know about Bill Beatonbow. And I guess his name had popped up in the rumor mill at Alabama. Now, I know that automatically for some of you that live and die on whether or not we get a five-star offensive lineman, you would have said, oh, good, go. But, I mean, I, I think two things, and that number one, I don't know how far that got or if it was even legit. But I know that it wasn't coming from a place where they're just throwing S off the wall to see if it sticks because Kalen Abor is talking to these guys. He's shooting them down the path to look. And I don't know. I, I, I heard those rumors, and I thought, I, I have no concerns about B, B, Bill Beanbow going anywhere because – I think he's fired up to work with Seth again. They're boys. They're tight. So a lot of interesting things happening at Alabama right now, Josh. And I don't know how good they're going to be. But DeBoer is doing the type of things, I think, that you need to do to have a little extra built-in goodwill going forward because they might need it. Then again, who knows? Maybe Jalen Milrow excels under this coaching. They find something else, and they just cook. They still have really good players. But they're not going to win national championships at the same clip that Nick Saban was. So I thought it was pretty smart, dude. Thought it was pretty smart. A couple of uh, quick Knippelier texts. Can we please dump one of these meaningless football games at the beginning of the season and get USC here to shut all the USC fans that think they're better than OU up? Um, in response to USC, Brian, Realtor Chris writes, not an OSU fan, but Gundy has won 89 games the last 10 years while USC is at 79. And I was able to figure that out in my car while driving. He just keeps teeing up softballs. <laughs> Do you, uh, you feel, I don't know how long Mike Gundy wants to coach, but if they go a couple of years and don't make the playoffs, I would imagine there'll be a louder faction that wants to see things change. I don't know if that's too out there, is it? No, I don't. I don't know that it's too out there either. And just generally speaking, with Oklahoma and Texas out of the picture, and where Oklahoma State has been relative to the Big Twelve, with Oklahoma and Texas in it the last decade or more, 
is there just more general pressure to to win the league? Now, it was sort of, ah, well, we, we haven't been able to win the Big 12 more times than not. But now, with the changing picture in the Big 12, right. is there more pressure from the Oklahoma State fan base for more? Mm. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. There is more pressure for Baylor, uh, Baylor fans, sorry, for uh, OSU fans where they want more. You know, Mike Gundy, y'all wanted him fired four games into the season last year, right? So, I don't know, Josh. I don't know how it's going to go for them in the new Big 12. You would assume they're in a position to where they can have a lot of success. But if it doesn't happen quickly, I think people will turn pretty fast. Well, and you, you risk letting Kansas State or insert team here sort of grabbing control of the conference. All right, we got a break. Put a wrap on this edition of the Plank Show. Next, live from Newcastle Casino on a Wednesday on the Home of Sooner Fans. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. What do you got planned tonight, Josh? What's on the to-do list for the Helmers? Well, uh, Norman North Baseball Show. You can come out and join us, uh, Norman North uh, fans. Buffalo Wild Wings right here in Norman off of Highway 9. That'll be at 7 o'clock. And uh, if you can't make it out, krefsports.tv. So, got the uh, Norman North Baseball Show tonight. Did you did you do the uh, girls basketball game last night? I did not, no. Oh, okay. That's something else, man. Congrats to the T-Wolves. M- moving on. Um, yeah, that would have been a good one. Triple overtime. Yeah, it was really good. Primrose Funeral Service, final thoughts. Pre-plan your memorial today, 405-321-6000. Okay. Um, have you – this is non-sports, so if you, um, if you are – if you are somebody that needs your sports, allow me to just give you a heads up. Josh, my wife is freaking out over a Facebook story that she saw, and I don't know if it's true. But I'm going to tell it to you, and you let me know what you think. Okay. Like I said, I don't know this if this is true or not. <laughs> Apparently, there is some some concerns in rural communities about drones that are being flown around windows of homes and even finding their ways into some homes to scout locations for potential robberies. Now, the reason they're hitting rural locations is because, I mean, hey, we're a little bit more laid back in these areas, right? And they can time out when people are there and when they're not. And then by this drone activity, they're able to get in and get out pretty quick as far as robbers are concerned. And I guess it's been an issue in Oklahoma City. Now, I am in a world, I love my wife. But you put it on Facebook, she's probably going to believe it. So have you heard anything of these concerning drone activities in Oklahoma City and in uh, rural communities? 
that's the first that I've heard of it, but uh, okay. I mean, look, I'm not going to put anything past uh, Roppers. I-, I will say this much: I, I am one of those people that have absolutely, positively zero trust of drones. I don't like where we're going with them. I don't want a drone delivering my food. I don't even like a drone light show. I was at a wedding where there was a drone that was up above. Take it, I'm sure what these beautiful pictures are. You know all I heard the whole time during the wedding? <laughs> the stupid drone up over top. Don't trust him, Josh. Don't trust him. I think I'm going to start creating a Facebook account where I make up stories about how women will live longer if they're nicer to their husbands and see if that um good luck <laughs> Here. by the way this is good from the 719 it, this is good from this plank was that post from a security company scare tactics Ooh, that's pretty good that's pretty good coy writes damn plank you're getting me concerned i'm just passing along what what i have have discovered now, she even went as far as to say that some people think that it might be tied to, like, a crime family. And I was like, well, yeah, if you're committing crimes, I'm sure that there's family that's involved in it in some way. Well, and but I like what the 719 is saying. Organized. Do you know, they're doing a really good job of making some of these advertisements look real. Do you see the Price Picks one? The Price Picks one with a guy celebrating in a suite where he just won a million dollars with his Price Picks? And he didn't win a million dollars. It was just a promotion that they did. <laughs> they're, they're doing a really good job with it. And as Puerto Rican Sooner points out, nothing a 12-gauge won't fix. Amen. I don't know if we're allowed to celebrate that or not. But there you go. I feel like I need to end the show like Unsolved Mysteries. Stay safe, everybody. If you have, if you have any, any information that can help solve this mystery, Call Unsolved Mysteries. Y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday. Steel Man and Thune at noon are next.